Hello family. So uh, tonight I'm feeling in my heart that I would like to really share about um, masks. Masks. What are your masks? And when I refer to masks, I'm talking about the things that we take on to feel less afraid in the world. The things that we take on to feel less afraid in the world. Now, I'm going to make reference to the masks that I have used in my life to feel safe. And perhaps you will be able to identify with them as well. Now, one of the things that I have been able to truly identify in my own life, especially in the last year, as I have been on a deep, a very deep, profound healing journey. It's been almost like an initiation. It's just been all these layers being stripped away from me in order to get to the core of who I am. And it hasn't been pretty. It hasn't been tidy but it has been worth it and it has been beautiful. It reminds me of the tower card in the tarot deck where it looks like destruction and it, I mean, it is destruction. It's about the tower being raised to the ground so that something new can take its place, but the new can't come without the destruction of the old. And that's, that's the journey that I've been on over the last year. And it's been the destruction of my masks. And these masks, they are things that we put on. They're things that I put on that were covering up a whole bunch of fear. And at the time, I thought they were something else. And today I'm going to talk about the three different masks that I have either removed from myself, removed from my life, or that I am currently in a much more conscious relationship of, with currently in a much more conscious relationship with, and pulling them off bit by bit as I heal. And as I grow in my own experience of consciousness. So the first mask that I want to talk about is the mask of politeness and reasoning. Now, this is a mask that I wore for years, up until probably mid last year. It was a mask that allowed me to hide behind my fear of other people's anger. And one example that I can give you of this is a particular person whom I loved dearly and to this day I love them still. Um, but sadly I don't have a relationship with them anymore because they were not in a place where they were at they weren't able to receive 
my boundaries. They weren't able to respect my boundaries. And one of the most basic things that I ask for in my relationships these days is just respect. You know, I just like to be spoken to with respect and treated with respect. And I found that when I was hanging out with this person, um, no matter how nicely I put it, that I didn't like the way they were talking to me, they would continue to speak to me in a very condescending manner or make fun of my personality or condemn me for my attitudes and my beliefs or just my roundabout, my, my general ex, you know, expression of who I am in the world as eccentric or strange or interesting and those words being euphemisms for weird and why aren't you like me or the people that I like. And I, because I wanted to maintain that relationship with this person, because I was afraid of their anger, and they certainly had a lot of anger, which I had experienced before. And also because I was afraid of losing them, their relationship with them, and losing their love. I tried really hard to softly and politely be like, Hey, look, do you mind if we just have a chat? Like, you know, um, when this happens or, you know, when you say things like that, say things like this or say things like that, like it really hurts my feelings. But, you know, I didn't want to be like aggressive about telling you how it's been making me feel because I'm sure you didn't mean to do it and blah, 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 or, you know, whatever. I even invested in a course about conscious communication simply because I wanted to save this relationship. And I truly believed that if I had just, if I, if I just was able to communicate in the most conscious Zen Buddhist like way that this person would hear my truth and they would be able to hear my message and perhaps that I'd be able to get through to them without upsetting them. And then our relationship would be okay. And it just didn't work because without being able to, you know, talk about the heart of the matter and be upfront about what was going on in our relationship, nothing was going to get resolved. So I had to shatter my mask of politeness and my tendency to try and reason with someone who couldn't be reasoned with. And I just had to say it like it is or say it like it was rather. So I wrote a letter. I did this because, one, I couldn't be interrupted because this person had a tendency to interrupt me whenever an important discussion was about to, you know, happen. And two, so I could take my time with expressing what I felt that I needed to express. Because I didn't want to hurt their feelings, but I also wanted to tell the truth. So this was a really powerful way that I was able to remove the mask of politeness and reasoning with someone who couldn't be reasoned with and someone who my politeness was taken for granted with. And I just felt that it was, in essence, throwing pearls before swine because they didn't appreciate me. They didn't appreciate the the torment of like trying to navigate the relationship while walking on eggshells constantly. 
So I had to remove myself from that situation in that way. So the second mask that I want to talk about tonight, also a mask that hides deep fear, or at least a mask that hid deep fear for me, is self-righteousness and indignation. Now, this is something that is that I've been journeying with for a little while now, in the last couple of months, I would say. Um, and I have to say, it came as quite a shock to me that I was this person. It was actually really hard to admit to myself that I have a real self-righteous and indignant streak in me that really needed to be worked through because it was affecting my relationships. And I've, I've spent a lot of time exploring why this self-righteousness and this indignation were manifesting itself in my life. And I've come up with three underlying reasons for why, for why this was happening. The first one was fear of violation. So in another relationship of mine, I, this person, again, was constantly making fun of my personality. They constantly, oops, <laughs> you got a nice shot of my TV. <laughs> I'm sorry. So um, back to, back to self-righteousness and indignation, um, fear of violation. So this particular person would make fun of my personality they would want me to respect their boundaries, but they wouldn't respect mine. And yeah, there was just a general sort of making fun of me. And no, you know, that's not okay to do that to someone, obviously. But I had a really enlightening session with my life coach, Liz Smith, last year, where I was talking about this and what really came up. <laughs> I can't see who sent that. Um, laughing emoji, but I feel you. <laughs> and thank you for showing me that you're there, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, so with this person, um, obviously the way that they treated me wasn't okay, right? And my life coach was not in, like saying that in the slightest. But... <laughs> The heart of the matter was that I had expectations of this person that they couldn't realistically meet based on where they were at in their own personal journey. And I looked at all of my relationships and I started to realize that I, had, I have actually projected all those expectations of other people onto them when they are perhaps at different levels of consciousness than I am, just as you know, I have areas in my life where I'm not, you know, sort of where they're at, but I, I wasn't having the same patience with them that I was having toward myself. And this was not kind. There is my Ferdinand. <laughs> um, this wasn't kind to these people. Now, it was really tough because a lot of my ego came into that. <laughs> hey, Crystal. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that was a total accident, by the way. I 
I'm crazy with technology, which is hilarious when you think that I, when you think about the fact that I work online. <laughs> but thank you, sister. Thank you for showing me that you're here. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, um, I had to I had to look at the way that I was projecting my expectations on onto people and reevaluate my relationship with what I what it is I want from people and what it is I want from myself and like one of the other underlying um reasons for why self-righteousness became a, a a mask for me is because my meet, my needs weren't being met you know, and I think that sometimes we are so we don't know how to articulate what we need or want. Sometimes we maybe even <laughs> aren't aware of what we need or want. And because of this, we project onto other people. Hi, Neil. Oh my God, it's been forever. I hope you're well. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I had to really learn that I needed to get in touch with my needs in order to communicate them because other people aren't mind readers. <laughs> and finally, the third underlying reason for why I would be self-righteous and indignant is there was a deep fear of holding space for people when they do not have the same level of consciousness as I do. And I think this is probably because in some ways I don't feel capable of it. In some ways I feel that I will fail them. In some ways I feel that if I actually be with them as they are in the ways that I don't like, the ways that I disapprove of, and I just accept them, Without, of course, accepting abuse or disrespect. But if I just accept them, that means all of a sudden the responsibility for my needs being met, that, that gets placed on me. I have to stop looking outward for my tank to be filled up. And that scary self-responsibility can be really, really scary sometimes. And so this is something I have not mastered in you know by any means but it is something that I'm journeying with right now and maybe that's something that you can identify with I'm not sure but I really felt tonight that this is something I need to talk about because I actually was going to going to talk about um something different completely and then I was just like whoa I need to talk about masks and I need to talk about de-armoring um so the third mask and the final mask that I want to talk about tonight is the mask of hatred and destructive anger. And I feel that the most obvious example that I can give of this is in terms of my relationship to men. This has been a very long journey for me. Most people who know me know that I have been a very, very angry woman, very angry feminist. And I am not renouncing feminism in any way, shape or form, but I am certainly renegotiating my relationship to it. I have, as I've been healing my own femininity, 
over the course of the last year as I have been facing the sexual... Thank you, Neil. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Self-respect. Self-respect is noble. It's also something that I feel like I couldn't live without. Like, if I didn't respect myself, I don't think I could... I don't think I could handle being in the world. It's so much easier to go through the world respecting yourself than it is to worry about what other people think of you. I mean, <laughs> easier said than done, of course, but I mean, I feel at this point in my journey personally, that that is definitely true for me. Hi, Susanna. <laughs> um, yeah, so this hatred and destructive anger that I had toward men because of, you know, sexual trauma, because of certain disappointments, certain, and they were consecutive ones throughout the course of my life. And it was so easy to fall into that, you know, building up armor, building up armor over time to protect myself from ever being hurt by a man again. And I have start as I've healed, I've started to awaken my femininity has been healed. The feminine within me has been healed. And I've been able to start looking at men as not the problem at all, but as fellow human beings. And I'm finding a tenderness start to arise in my heart toward men as people who are walking through the world with wounds just as we are, just as women are. And it's because of these wounds that men have, it's because of the wounds that we have as women that we have so many issues. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Yes. Oh, so true. Self-respect. you got to value you. As RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? <laughs> I didn't sound anything like RuPaul just then. I'm very aware of that. But yeah, I had to say it. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I am releasing at the moment or peeling away, this, this is a mask, this mask of hatred and this fear of men is something that is... <laughs> Thanks, Neil. I got an amen, yo. I'm so excited. Um... <laughs> so this this hatred and this anger right toward men was a mask for fear of men and it's I see it as being kind of like one of those beauty masks you know it dries on your face and then you have to kind of peel it off and it doesn't happen straight away that that's what this mask has been for me I'm peeling it away bit by bit and the impurities are being removed as I do so. And all I can say is that despite how difficult this de-armoring, de-masking process has been in these three areas, it has been so worth it. It has been so liberating to face the dark corners of my soul and to look into myself and be like, you know what? There is something better for you than this. There is something that will allow you to be freer than you are right now. And this process of healing and of releasing 
and of learning to tune into love instead of tuning into fear. It is so powerful. And I just hope that those of you watching now and whoever may watch this afterward, that you will be able to tune into that love. That as, you know, as the Bible says, I, I remember so many different Bible, Bible verses from when I was a Christian, um, that perfect love casts out all fear. And I believe that, you know, so we've just got to tap into that perfect love in order to cast that fear out of our lives. And it's a journey. So be kind to yourselves and I will see you next time. Bye.